so I wanted to stop by say hello because I need to have more friends and not be so alone. So I thought it was valuable. Plus it was Providence Brewing Company, which we've got beer from there tonight. So, um, so I stopped by there and said hello. Um, and Helen's here. So that was good to hang out with her. Um, nice. I don't know where it's going with that, but, <laughs> but that's why I was a, a little, a little behind today. Yep. You have a little behind. Welcome everybody to beer, bourbon and balderdash. Not like the big booties, a little behind. All right. Balderdash. <laughs> Balderdash. Balderdash. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. I was, check, I was chat, chatting with somebody, the guy mm-hmm. at the thing about podcasts, and we're talking about having people call in or, you know, other conversational things related to not us. And he's like, I don't like it when people do that. I listen to podcasts for the personalities on the podcast, not for the other people. So I think if done right, it's good. But if it's just done randomly, it can be total shit. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea. If I can get us up live and running, I would love to take like phone calls. Yep, uh, I wouldn't mind a phone call here, here, there. And uh, anyone who calls in, be prepared to be hung up on it. If you're boring, we're not going to be polite. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I, I grew up listening to uh, Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. And nope, I loved I'm his. Not, not that old. Oh, you're the same age as me. Who is that, Grandpa? Uh, Coast to Coast <laughs> AM with Art Bell. He was a radio show, uh, talk show host who only came on late, late at night, and all of his topics were weird, supernatural, alien mm. topics. They were fun. Oh, yeah, we've talked about him before. Yeah, and he's uh, he's one of my favorites. Like I just I would listen to him, and then some nights when it was really scary, I wouldn't sleep because I'm like I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> and this is all in high school. And recently, someone on Spotify has put up the Art Bell Vault, and so they rebroadcast Ooh, old, uh, old recordings of Art Bell, and I've been going through them, and they've been pretty fascinating. And I like the whole when he has open lines, because uh, he'll say, uh, "I only want you to call about three things tonight." Uh, you know, <laughs> if your animal can say something, I want to hear it. <laughs> if you're, you know, and. And it's fun, and he'll just get weird calls, and and he's really good at entertaining weird things. So if a person would call in, he'd be like, you know, they'd say, yeah, I had these weird things that happened in my house. And he'd go, oh, really? Tell me more. more. And then they would go on, and he was really good about, you know, encouraging them. And then if it got nonsensical, he's like, all right, that's it. I've had enough of this. Yep, got to move on. So I will say, you know what's really great um, about what you just said? This is like sort of a, a bit of a life lesson. Uh, people love it when you are interested in them. And sometimes it's really hard to know what questions to ask people when you're chatting with them. Yep. But that question right there is the best because you don't have to know shit about anything yep. to ask or to tell them, tell me more. And people will tell you more. That's all you need to know. Yeah. One thing and then I'm, all of a sudden they think that you're really interested in them and now they like you. One of the things I learned in my a speech and communication class uh, that I took in college. One of the classes that I actually enjoyed was uh, if you're in a conversation with someone, the their favorite topic will always be themselves. Yep. So the more you ask about the themselves, the greater they you look in their eyes. So if you want to be winsome, ask them about themselves and keep asking about themselves and keep talking about themselves. And they'll think you were the coolest person they ever met. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, it only works if you're truly interested in what they have to say. Yes. If they're boring, you're 
it's really hard to feign interest. I'll just That's put true. it that way. <laughs> there are there are ways to find motivation beyond like actually caring. Yeah. Um, I do think I I take it for uh, granted a little bit that I'm naturally curious and I actually do care about people much like you do. Like I do I do give a shit. Um, so it's not complete self from a self serving position, but I've been in sales for or up until recently I had been in sales for most of my career. And that was the best way to make a sale is to get somebody talking about what they do. And then yep. occasionally you like slide in your benefit. And then by the time you get done with the conversation, it doesn't matter what it costs or what it actually is. They trust you and you tell them that they should have it. And they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. We'll have that. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. Speaking of which, life, Johnny. Life lesson number two. Yeah, so tell me about, so it was a greet and meet of new people. So did meet, you guys meet find this greet. on meetup.com or something like that? Yeah, yeah, so it was on meetup. Actually, we found it because our neighbor, Kim, who lives two, door two, two doors down, we ran into her in the hallway. We we befriended her. She has a little cute little rat dog that is adorable uh, named Harper. And she is sort of like co-running this new to Providence meetup group. Oh, interesting. Uh, and she invited us to come. So it's all people that have just like transplanted here. So they nice. had to like limit the group because a lot of weirdos would show up. She, she said a lot of people would show up that were like, I don't really have any friends. So I'll go to this new to Providence yeah. group because they don't know that I'm a weirdo yet. What's wrong with that? Uh, well, it, people would show up that were like, it wasn't the weird part. Like, I think all of us are a little bit weird and we all can handle a little bit weird. It was the like people would show up that were just mean. Oh, yeah. Like for no reason. If and it wasn't if it wasn't all about them or exactly what they wanted, like they were just those people that would show up and nitpick all of it. Like the pro the brewery tonight, we didn't know that or they didn't know signing up, but it's quiz night on Thursdays at that Ooh, brewery. Fun. So it was there was a lot of people and it was loud. And like there are people that will complain about that. Like, didn't they know we we're gonna have a meetup here? No, they didn't fucking know if you're gonna have a meetup there. Did you call them and reserve the space? Yeah, exactly. And you know what they would have said if you said, I'm doing this? Fuck off, go do it somewhere else. Uh -huh. Or they would say, well, they yeah, That's said, fine, but we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing quiz. They probably would be like, Well, just know we're doing quiz night, it's gonna be loud. Yeah. But and we're not canceling that for you. Well, how many people showed up? Uh in our group, like ten. That's good. Yeah, it's a decent group. Yeah, when I do no agenda meetups. That's usually about what they get. The attrition rate is like 10, 10 people or so yeah. that show up. And that's a great group because any more than that, it, it, you can't say hi to everybody or yeah. really have a, a conversation. I mean, even with 10, it, it might be even hard because if you get in a really good conversation with someone, everyone else has kind of fades away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And in this case, it's like uh, our group was over-indexed. So it was like, so Debbie has met Kim, our neighbor, and then Helen's here. So there's four of us that are completely new to the group that are already friends. Um, but we're also all very inclusive people. Like, I don't, I want to know where you're from and what you do and who you are, because I just want to know you and I care about people, you know, like, but outside of that, I'm like, we're just friendly. Yeah. It's a good conversation with good people in a safe place. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes people just need that little extra connection. And that was at the Providence Brewing Company? No, it was at the brewery tonight. So it moves around a bit. Okay. So it just happened to be very convenient to the condo because it's like two blocks away. Yeah. So if it's somewhere farther away, I might have to catch a ride with Kim. So how many but beers deep right. are you in already? 14. <laughs> wow, this is going to be fun. And Just tonight kidding. we're drinking another Providence Road, uh, Providence Brewing Company, right? Yep. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm actually only a beer and a half because I accidentally ordered a 12 ounce the first time. Oh, okay. So, But that was for the best because it turned out that was an 8% beer. So <laughs> uh, here we go. This beer is called Pound Town. It has Taking a delightful you to Pound Town. pink label. 
yes, we well, you know, if things go well. <laughs> uh, it's an Imperial big IPA brewed with Mosaic, Simcoe, and Galaxy Hops. Mm. 16 ounces, 7.0% alcohol. Flavors of guava, mango, and citrus. Guava. So this is so this is gonna be probably closer to a West Coast IPA. Uh-oh. It's a citrusy, but but not the piney, Good, piney needle nonsense. Yeah, could I wish they that. would put the IBUs on these because that's really telling. Uh, I mean, sort of telling. Well, I guess we can't tell until we put it in our mouths. That's so right. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Oh, oh, mine's already a foaming. I got a foamer. A gusher. You got a gusher. It's foamounting. Yeah, so this is a small local craft brewery, and the owner and uh, the people who work there Ooh, are great. Um, good. They're always really friendly when we right. go in there. Uh, just very low key. It's it's. There's another brewery nearby called uh, Revival Brewing, mm-hmm. and it's a little more like barish, okay. I guess. Yeah, like they have the TVs everywhere. There's always loud music playing. They regularly have like. DJs in and dance parties, which is really fun. It's also shares a room with a wood fired pizza place. Oh, that's not bad. Um, but it's just a different vibe. It just depends on what you want. So like they're like almost polar opposites. What's actually really cool though about Providence brewing is they they don't serve food themselves, but they have to have food available. Yeah. And so they have the pizza places be uh, pizza available and a couple other restaurants. So they're really promoting like the local restaurants around the area. That's good. Um so they're really nice people. Anyway. So this smells good, it, by the way. It does smell good. It's cloudy. Uh, there was something different about this one um, that doesn't say on the can. I can't remember what it was. Definitely doesn't not matter. light in color. No, it's like a hazy IPA. Yeah. Which would lend it more to like a New England style IPA. All right. Cheers. So cheers. Oh, nice sound. Love it. It's not as sweet as I would have thought from the nose. It's I was expecting a bigger tropical flavor. Yeah, considering me too. what they said, and it it comes up a little flat. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's not it, like you get a like, not flat. Get, it's not flat, but the, there's no taste. It yeah, seems, you get like the a bit of the hop flavor, but it's pretty monotone, and then just a lasting bitterness. Lasting bitterness. Yep. Not my favorite. No, not my favorite either. But uh, try it's better than uh, last week's. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't if you like IP, if you like bitter IPAs, this is right up your alley. It's yep. very, it's very lopsided towards the hop flavor and bitterness, and not like not the citrusy hop flavor, yeah. just the the like bitter hop flavor. That's it. It's really, uh, it's kind of disappointing. It's not as complex as I would have thought. Me too, and and the smell was deceiving because it smelled mm-hmm. really good. Like I was, gonna, yeah, it smells like, great. My mouth watered when I sm- smelled it. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, burm, burm, burm. yeah, but it does have a, like, I, I do like hazy IPAs and it does have a really nice lasting creamy head, which is something I really appreciate. Creamy head. He said it. Creamy head. It's an actual description. They must, they must use weed in this. Weed. Let's use weed, weed, <laughs> wheat. I mean, that's typically what you find um, when you, when you find beers that have like a, a bigger body or like. Oh, they're coming the, for you. The really white cream. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's yeah. loud as hell. They're right outside. Oh, they yeah, stopped. 
right outside your apartment. No, they just went behind a building. <laughs> oh, they they shot the guy. We're good. All right. Uh, yeah. Usually, when you find a beer that's got like a really wait, pause. Uh oh. We're gonna get live updates right now from Rhode Island, where John is in the middle of a gunfight. John, John, you're you're you there. John, are you there? What? T- tell me what you see, what? John. I'm I'm here. Okay, so there is a white man with no pants on. Yes, yes, must be from doing Florida. a podcast while he's drinking beer. Hey, <laughs> is his name Johnny? Can you find out his name? I don't, I don't know. I Johnny, don't know. The no pants. Are, the helicopters are circling. <laughs> He's got something in his hand. Yeah. It's I think it's, it's a trouser snake. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it's his pee-pee. That is an impressive unit. One of the things that I... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the cops, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I found interesting about Good Society, just right up the street from me, was that even though it's a West Coast... Uh, bar, I have never experienced an IPA that's bitter there. That's like way bitter, like an East, like a like a true West Coast IPA. I've never had an IPA there where I thought this was a West Coast IPA. They've always been really fruity and citrusy and and palatable. So I've so that's you, why when I like you say them. West Coast, you mean like the the piney, like the yeah. Northwest, yeah, kinda. citrus, pine, yeah. bitterness, all those kind of marks that come from the hops, probably from here, right? Yeah, 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 Oregon hops, Oregon and Yakima. So, do you know? I think it's Yakima has cryo. I think they're the largest producer of hops in the United States, yeah. and they're like the third largest region in the world. Wow, it's a, it's a. I didn't realize it was so huge, but you drive around Yakima, there are hop fields everywhere. It's pretty impressive. My dad wants to know if you want his hops to make some beer this summer. Nope. Okay. Right. Unless he knows exactly what they are. Yes, he does. They're black. I'll say black magic, black magic hops or whatever. That's that's weed. No, I'll smoke fine. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he knows exactly what the variety. So he does. So, he does. He does. He does. He's told me what um, I've looked them up. Are they actual for because there are ornamental hops that look exactly the same that you don't want to use in beer? No, they they're used for they're an actual okay. yeah, hop strain okay yeah absolutely i'll make him a beer yeah he was like he's like i don't know what i'm gonna do with all these hops because he grows them because scott gave it to him Mm -hmm. and he grows them all over the place but he doesn't know what to do with the with the hops but they're yeah i'll i'll find out exactly what they're called because i can't remember well we we can have the family over we can do a brew day we can do a brew day we'll just sit outside and we'll we'll drink whiskey and we'll make beer and yeah and scotty scotty loves this kind of ipa the super bitter citrusy piney he loves this stuff my dad I've and I never can't. perfected I've never perfected a, an IPA. That's the one beer, the one style that I've never been able to do a good job of. Not one that I thought was worth drinking. Yeah. I did make one once where if I blended it with my Irish red ale, it was really good. Oh, that but would maybe be, I just be good. Like it. it was it was pretty good. Do you know blending beers is actually a pretty common art around the world? I imagine it would it's be. Pretty- it's very common. It's much more common than you'd think. Like, I think people think I order one beer and that's it. I just get the one beer and that's the way it goes. There's a lot of places that have blends of beers that they'll tout or even the bartender will be like, I like to make this beer this way. I yeah. think this one's too bitter and this one's too sweet. I'll put the two together and they balance each other really well. Sure. Sure. Like black and so, tan. Those are yummy. Yeah, mm. Pretty much. Uh, tonight for our bourbon. Uh, we're actually drinking Oops. bourbon. 
Yay. Bourbon. Now we're going to do the Four Roses Single Barrel. This is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And For those that can't count, that's one barrel. One barrel. And in this one barrel. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't be. Uh, in this one barrel. Hold on here. I had a, I had a whole thing here. It is from, oh, why did I do that? Oh, bless you, dummy. Uh, this is from Warehouse C on the south side of the warehouse. This is in uh, the Rick House 27, and this is in tier number one, and the position is V. So this, uh, the nice little label at the bottom of our single barrel here is uh, tells us everything we need to know about where our bourbon came from. I love it. And uh, the other thing about uh, the Four Roses here as well, uh, well, this one in particular is 100 proof, uh, but typically Four Roses is unique in their um, yeast and mash bills. Uh, so, yeah, so from, uh, from the book Tasting Whiskey... Uh, Four Roses takes the concept of varying bourbon by using different yeasts and mash bills to extremes. Its distillers use a combination of five different yeast strains and two mash bills to make 10 quite different bourbons, which they then age into single-story, relatively small warehouses to minimize any differences from aging conditions. After all, why go to all the trouble making 10 different whiskeys only to introduce more variables? Once the whiskeys are aged... Master distiller Jim Rutledge will mingle them for the flagship yellow label for Rose's bourbon, which we've had before on this podcast, or select mm -hmm. a smaller group to create a small batch or pick a parcel of one type for a single barrel bottling. The four Rose's single barrels can be unique, even idiosyncratic, and are a rare opportunity to discover just what yeast can do for a bourbon. So the different yeast strains with their in-house letter code and the contributions they make to Four Roses are V, which means slightly fruity, well-rounded, classic bourbon. K, a spicy, needs longer aging to develop. F, more floral, herbal, soft and full. O, quite fruity and complex with a long finish. And Q, which means a huge floral nose, quite fresh and delicate. Now, unfortunately, the only time you can get uh, where it'll tell you the actual strain inside the barrel is if you got the Four Roses single barrel, barrel proof bourbon, uh, which we don't have tonight. Mm -mm. What we have is just the 100 proof um, single barrel. So that's how that's that's kind of their their whole thing is is how they um, how they set up the different strains and what they put on the ricks and. Uh, and then how they tier it all, and that's how they categorize this stuff. So it's quite a science that they have going on there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. I uh, love it. That is cool. Yeah. So uh, this one is, you know, 100 proof. Um, it's got a long finish. Uh, well, we'll taste it here in a moment. But it's won so many awards from 2008 on. It's won all kinds of gold war uh, awards, uh, double golds, 97 ratings, gold medals, bronzes, silvers. So it's quite an award-winning uh, bourbon and one that I am very excited to review on this podcast. So let's give a sniffy. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's actually, there's still a lot of sites about this. 
Yeah, they're kind of like the only one that does this kind of yeast thing or experiment with the yeast in two different mash bills. I mean, there's the whole page that's about decoding Four Roses, yeah. not from Four Roses, it's somebody else. Yep, yeah. And the uh, the whiskeyramble.com has a, a pretty good description of what the different flavors are from the different yeasts and blends. Mm, I love that. Nice. It's sweet, caramel, smell. You know, I've been mm. drinking a lot of single malts and uh, lately, which I super enjoy, um, a lot from Ireland and Scotland, and I uh, and one we'll talk about here in a moment. But going back to bourbon, dude, it just especially a good bourbon like this, it's just mm-hmm. it's like going home after being on vacation for a while. It's so nice. Yeah. Oh well, cheers. Mm. Cheers. Oh, so good. Spicy and fruity. Oh, I like the spice on it. Yeah, I do a, too. The, the alcohol burn doesn't come till the end. Yeah. It's like right at the end and not until it gets about halfway down your throat. Um, there's like a, almost a, like a, a it sounds snooty because I'm going to say subtle Susan. There's like a subtle... Like almost a, a brown sugar note mm-hmm. yeah. on the nose, like like just enough to give it a little balance between the spice mm-hmm. and the alcohol. Mm-hmm. What's well, nice? Oh, not good. Mm-hmm. God, that's so good. Oh, yeah, I get fruit. It's too. also like it's so good. It also has this like <clears throat> even before you taste it, it has a sweetness. Yeah. Like the mouthfeel is, I don't know if this makes any sense at all, but the mouthfeel is a little sweet. Yes. It's like the same mouthfeel that you get from, I don't know, like, like a syrup. Like juice but or it, something. But syrup, it doesn't yeah. Have, yeah, it doesn't have that same, not that not the same viscosity, but it has that like, like when it touches the tip of your tongue, which you think is salt, it's like your mouth knows that there's something mm. sweet coming. Mm-hmm. But it's not super sweet. It's very subtly sweet. It's nice. It's really it's nice. It's really nice. Four Roses is one of my favorite. It's a good one to have, even if you just have the regular yellow label sitting around your house. Um, the normies. Yeah, the you normies know, I often blend. thought about, I, I don't have necessarily like a, a house whiskey. I got to think about a house whiskey. I know yours is Woodenville. Um, That's my favorite. It's gotten expensive, though. It used to be fairly reasonable. It's everything's crazy, expensive, though. dude. It's all expensive. I wish someone would start a petition to lower the tax rate in Washington. Yeah. You you need the mob. Yeah, you do need the mob. Yeah. I'm gonna start a revolution for taxes, especially here in Washington State. Did you hear that mayor the the mayor of Seattle and Jay Inslee want to raise our property tax again? Yeah, that's what we need to higher property taxes, because that solves everything. That's why New York doesn't have any problems. Yeah. Because they're wicked high property taxes. Well, they want to raise our property taxes to end homelessness in Seattle. Yeah. I have a hard time understanding how you can spend a billion dollars and the problem's worse. Do you have a hard time have, understanding that? Well, I mean, I know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's getting rich, and it's not me. I, I mean, it's good I racket if, I was if you, guess you can find it. <laughs> there, there is, if it, I don't actually mind spending money on things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like to see results. That's and my so thing, like, too, yeah. One of the things I went round and round about our, our ding-dong representative uh, for the West Seattle area um, it's not rerunning, by the way. No, good because she's useless. Yeah, she is useless. I know. Um, who you're talking about. Yeah, I 
I asked her over and over again, like, what are you actually doing? And where's this money going? Like, and don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. I think you are the politician that thinks you're smarter than everybody else, but you're a dodo. Yep. You, you don't know shit about fuck. Yep. You don't know. And you're going to spend all this money and the problem, like, I mean, the simple math is, and I know the problem is not the simple, but the simple math is at one point we spent enough money that we could have just paid the 3000 homeless people in Seattle, $50,000 a year to not be homeless. Yeah. That would have saved the city money. Yep. Like what, how, okay. So where's all the money going? It's going to bureaucrats and consultants and land that we don't need. And then projects that don't get built. And I mean, we don't actually have the mob, but we kind of do. Yep. In, in the, in the form of government that's not run correctly. Yeah. For now. I mean, uh, we think we're doing things democratically, but we'll just wait for the revolution and then shit will change. The like revolution Brewing company, the revolution brewing company. That's right. That's right. They're out of, uh, Chicago. Are they? Well, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to happen. Yep. I've been there. <laughs> oh, the shady ass street they're on, but the brewery was cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to go through some news, some beer and bourbon news. Why don't we Let's do, the, do that and talk about news. it? You, you didn't like my idea about money. We're talking more about money. No, I would like to think more on money before I talk more about money. Money. Because we can go in all kinds of uh, fun uh, places yes, with that. So, and, and my brain will immediately go to central bank digital currencies, which is on the way. As a matter of fact, yeah, the, uh, Europe is going to roll it out. Failing. But the Europe's going to roll it out this uh, this uh, fall. I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, having everything digital gives too much power to too few people. Well, the dollar's going to fail here real quick. So think so? Yeah, I do. I think it's they're prepping for it. A lot of countries Ooh. are going over to uh, the yen, and um, like big economies, growing economies are going to the yen. Because uh, China's done a good job of persuading them, such as Saudi Arabia. They're trading on the yen, giving up the dollar, which devalues the dollar, and we'll end up like Venezuela. And then the only thing that'll save us is some form of digital currency that we're going to be on. But that's for another time. Uh, I don't want to get too much into that because I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and understand it better. And I don't want to talk out of my ass, which I'm also very good at. Yes, expert expert level expert ass talker that. i am i really am uh so <laughs> which is why we started this podcast <laughs> that's true that's true uh so this is uh this is new so diego's manufacturing facility in baltimore county is closing and diego is the company that owns guinness so this uh guinness brewery in the Wait, in which county it's uh what is what did i just baltimore say? county baltimore county in baltimore maryland um, is closing. And I think this is a, so this was the first time Guinness opened up a brewery in, uh, the United States and since 1928 or something like that, when they opened this one, not too long ago. Yeah. And now they have to close the doors, uh, and they're moving it actually to Chicago. So it was, yeah. it was called Guinness open gate brewery, tap room and restaurant. And it's been there for many years. And, uh, mm-hmm. And now I believe it's pronounced Diageo. Diageo? What did yeah. I say? Diago? Yeah, something like that. That's cool. Well, you totally Americanized it. That's cool. Well, that's what I do. You would have been you would have been bad for the Native Americans if you were a, a pilgrim. <laughs> really? Yeah, you would have called them natives. Yeah, <laughs> the natives. I don't. I don't care what your river's called. That's Smith River. That's Smith River. Pull you up. 
Let's go to the Poi Up Fair today. (laughs) Well, it's like they did with, what is it, Denali? Yeah. Uh, Nope, McKinley. McKinley. That's so funny. But then they put it back. Yeah. So good on good on the white folks. They're feeling bad and fixing it. <laughs> so that's kind of a big deal that they close this that is. Uh, brewery. Five years. It's only open five years. Yeah. So I guess many people didn't want to go there. Bigger, mm. bigger base in Chicago. Well, do you know if it was like a? Well, let's see. Okay, I just looked it up. So they they opened it at a cost of around ninety million dollars in twenty eighteen. Uh, the site will now apparently go unused, although the tap room and restaurant will remain open. Yeah. Oh, so it's going by way of like what Red Hook did, yeah. where uh, the brewery kind of failed, but there was enough business to keep the restaurant open. Oh, and they do still have their select experimental beers on a tin barrel system hmm. that they'll still make. Next, uh, next here is Elon Musk is selling his Tesla beers for more than $30. They're called Giga Beers. Giga Beers. Giga B I E R. Giga Beer. Are they actually made or? Yeah, they're actually beers. Is this like, is this fake beers? Nope. These are real beers. This uh, this report came out on God. the fourth, so that's how we People know it's on April Fools. And it's designed to emulate the Cybertruck. So it looks like the Cybertruck. The bottle is looks like the Cybertruck. What the fuck? Yep. And it's honoring the 500 year tradition of German Reinhardsbach beer making enjoying the limited edition pilsner style beer brewed in berlin uh with our exclusive strain of cyber hops and notes of citrus bergmont and sweet fruit in each 30, bottle 30 dollars a bottle yeah well 79 pounds uh in uh, oh. europe each bottle features a seamless gloss black sleeve with a glow-in-the-dark giga watermark prost that's a beer you buy as a collector's item and don't drink it. Yeah. Yep. People Actually, I think dumb. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like, wait, uh, $79, 79 pounds. Uh, <laughs> I just looked it up. <laughs> it costs so $98 stupid. for a pack of three bottles. Yeah, it's are, a three pack that looks like a yeah. cologne threesome. Yep. This is, if if you snuck in a bottle of Axe body spray into that pack, no one would notice. <laughs> no one would know. That's funny. <laughs> just like That's true. We just fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So they're they're in the beer making and they have cyber hops, John. We got to get us ourselves a bottle of those so we can try feel, cyber like hops. What is what are cyber hops? That's made up. Yeah, I wonder because, who is, is this going to sell? Tr- are they trying to distract from the fact that their their truck is a piece of shit? I mean, maybe. Let's see. Cyberhops 2304. What is that? I don't know. Not a thing. Mm-hmm. Where to find Cyberhops? Porn. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's like a different beer. I don't know. Where hmm. to find Cyberhops in Elon's beer? I'll try that. It just tells me all about the Giga Beer. <laughs> Yeah, well, that seems dumb. But it's a brand that he's making, the Giga Beer brand from Cyber Hops. <laughs> and it's uh, 5%. It's 5% beer. It's like he's he's doing to beer what, I hope my name on it, people pay a bunch more, maybe have a fancy bottle. Yeah. But it's not any better. No, I, I doubt like, it tastes any better. Whiskey. It's the future. Or like, what is it? I think George George Clooney has a tequila. It's like, it's not better because his face is on. And I like George Clooney, but yeah, I'm not going to buy uh, a tequila because his face is on it. No. 
I did buy well, it's like Dos Amigos because Brian Cranston uh, faces on it, and Dos Amigos is amazing mezcal. Yeah, so I will. That's that's the one that I'll buy that is celebrity related, but it's actually really good. Yeah, it's really good. Like, it's not an, a mediocre mezcal that's twice the price is what it should be. It's actually really good. And I think priced appropriately. It could be yeah, it's price, $10 it's cheaper, exactly but right. it's, yeah. Yeah, so I think they got more exposure because Brian Cranston and yeah. uh, um, Jesse Pinkman. Name. Yeah, Jesse Pinkman. Not his name, <laughs> character. Paul, uh, Paul. Paul. Isn't it Paul? Paul I something? Know. I don't know. I don't know. Jesse Paul? No. Yep, Jesse Paul. Aaron Paul. Paul Aaron Pinkman. Paul. It's Aaron Paul is did, his name. Did Helen Aaron help Paul. you? No, she's not here. Oh, she's not Pinkman even here. She's Where's she at? Uh, she's still at the brewery with Debbie hey. and, the, and the meetup group. That's going to be fun so, for you tonight. Well, so I rushed back to Thank chat you. with your face. I appreciate that. I could still be there right now. I know, and I appreciate uh, Our fans appreciate that. Yeah, they do. I, well, I mean, if they would say so, I, I would know. appreciate it. Hey, they listen. That's how they say so. We do get listeners, yeah. so that's fun. We do well, get... We have one. Uh, do we still call them they, or can we just say him? Him. Four, we get he 40 listens. listeners. 40 people listen weekly to our podcast. How do we get 40 more? 40 people, tell your 40 friends. Yes. And then we'll have 16,000 listeners. I'm telling you. That's, it's going to take like one work. episode where we hit the jackpot and someone hears us and they like us. We just got to find our yeah. people that like us. So I just... It, while we're on this mode, I just want to tell everybody. I was actually, before I left, people were asking me why I was leaving. It's like, oh, well, I record this podcast with Wes. And uh, and I love it. And we really do it for ourselves. Um, but I actually do appreciate that people listen. And I, would, I want people to be engaged. And yes, please tell your friends about our nonsense. Please please share it with people. Ask them to listen. We, we want really to interact. That. We would love to interact. Mm-hmm. We're We're super accessible. Yeah, like this meetup group is a perfect example of like we would set that up if we had people in areas that we could meet up with and chat with and hang out with. We would love to. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So anyway, tell your friends. Tell your friends. We're not, and, oh, I, I think this was the second beer talking from Providence. But the reason I was saying that is like we're not doing this because we're trying to make a bunch of money. No. We, like, we really nothing. do it because we. I have lost. Yeah, we make nothing. Thousands of dollars last year buying yeah, West, West, whiskey. Wes is way more into it than I am. I'm just a pretty face. I am. Uh, I'm but very yes, much into to this. the point. We really are just. We're doing it because we love it. Uh, there's certain very specific topics that I think are very near and dear to our hearts that I think people don't talk about enough, and we try to share that. And these are the real conversations we have, and I think more people should be exposed to that. So yeah. please expose us to your friends. And I'll expose myself to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they have to look for. Nine one one. So, in tragic uh, news this week, if your Coors Light and Blue Moon uh, aren't on the shelves this week, uh, here's why: a train carrying Coors Light and Blue Moon beer derailed <gasps> in Montana, Montana, spilling cases of beer across a riverbank. Officials oh. said. And around, if you saw that, what would you do? Well, I mean, it's Coors Light. And I like Blue Moon. What was Blue's it? not bad. Blue Moon? Yeah. Would you rush in and steal a case? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd take Blue Moon. I'd fuck Coors like, Light. I'm though. cleaning up. Sorry, Dana. Yeah. I'm cleaning I'm helping. I, I would go grab I would a bag sit of there and maybe and just, just drink it. Just like, <laughs> I would just start slicing up oranges and like handing out beers to everybody. Handing out beers to everybody, yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, I'm not stealing it. I'm just saving the fish. 
25 cars derailed in paradise around 9 a.m. Officials said that there were no injuries and no risk to public safety as no hazardous materials were released. One car was, yeah, partially off the tracks, was carrying propane, but it was not leaking. While some of the cars that derailed were empty, others were carrying beer. And photos show Coors Light and Blue Moon spilled across the riverbank. None of the beer floated down the river plains, and the beer was secured in the derailment area. Ooh. Well, I'm glad I'm glad the fish aren't drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume it's by a river. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. They might be like, hey, uh, we can't drink this beer. So someone probably got the beer. Someone probably got the beer. Well, I mean, if the cases were damaged, then no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'd probably just give uh, them away. They just write it off insurance. Probably. Yeah. They probably don't even bother. It's not the beer company's problem. Yeah. It's the train company's problem. Well, so speaking of that, train derailments are actually really, really common. According to the U S yep. department of transportation, they, they said 1,475 train derailments happen per year between 2005 and 2021. Yeah. But that's like, it, it, that's like saying it's like a UFO conversation. Like people are, trained to think train derailment is like the Ohio incident where people die and everything's polluted. But a lot of train derailments are just like, so I don't know if you know this, but the way a a train car sits is like, um, it's kind of like a skateboard, but with less screws. So the wheels are held on by gravity. They like sit in stirrups. And so if you lift a train car up, the wheels fall off. Everything's like gravity, gravity fit. But if you think about the way a train works, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah, because they're heavy. Um, But it really doesn't take much for uh, a wheel to fail and fall off the track. Um, And even so, like in in college, I worked for a company that moved houses, and we got a call one day for a train, a train car that's brakes failed and rolled to the end of the tracks and just (laughs) off the end, and it was full of grain. It was overloaded, like 120 tons of grain. And they called us to lift it up and move it back on the tracks because this is in middle Idaho. Uh, and they didn't have a crane accessible. that could lift that much weight. Sure. So like that was a train derailment, but it affected nothing. It didn't hurt anybody kind of affected traffic near an intersection a little bit, but it happened in the middle of the night. So I think those kind of happen a lot, but again, that's scary. The appropriate amount of train derailments is zero. Yeah. Yeah, shouldn't be shouldn't be that hard. But well, we should deregulate because the company should be trusted to do the right thing, because that's what companies do. Well, yeah, I mean, we do it with, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals, including mm-hmm. I think uh, Johnson Johnson just had to pay out six point eight billion dollars this week in a settlement oh, for their talcum powder that gave people cancer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't that cool. Yeah, talcum that's great. powder. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people got something that's like inert cancer. From this, they have to pay them out. That's, uh, yeah. The Department of Transportation has registered more than 12,400 train derailments over the past decade. That's a big number. Roughly 6,600 tank cars were carrying hazardous materials, and 348 cars released their contents in the last decade. So the annual fatalities from derailments have been in single digits since 1993. There were no fatalities caused by derailments from 2018 to 2020, but then in 2021... There were three deaths, and then there were reported 83 injuries related to derailments in 2021. There were 28 injuries in 2020 and 21 injuries in 2019. Do you remember that um, 
So it's going up, John. Train. It's going up. It's going up. Just like turbulence. Just it's going up. Turbulence. That's actually true. Turbulence, the rate of turbulence is going up. That's global warming. Warming global. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, temperature, the patterns are changing, and it's causing more clear turbulence. That's because they're seeding. I read about this they're stuff seeding, because They're seeding the clouds more often. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, they do that in Saudi Arabia all the time. It rains 52 weeks out of the year. Yeah, but that doesn't affect weather over Chicago. No, but doesn't mean that they're not seeding them here. Well, they don't seed them. They don't have that kind of stamina. They do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little Viagra goes a long way, buddy. Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> have you Have you seen that at that uh, engineering, I think it's an engineering disaster about the train derailment, I think in Germany, Mm-mm. it was a bullet train. Mm-mm. Like 150 people died. Yikes. And it was like, they go through the whole series of, like it was a perfect storm, and then like some of the places where they like cut corners because the those uh, the wheels on trains they wear out, and they can like resurface them a certain number of times before they get too thin and they're not safe. And in this case, one was too thin, and then it just so happened that the train failed as they were approaching an overpass. So when the train derailed, it ended up hitting the overpass, and like oh, uh, part of the conversation is like if it happened anywhere else. Wouldn't have been as bad. Still would have been bad, but not that bad. Yeah. Because some of the train cars going like 100 miles an hour just slammed into this overpass. It's crazy. Yeah, it is and, weird. And that's why I don't take trains. I just stay home and I walk everywhere. Trains it's not safe good, out there, Wes. Planes bad. Woo woo. <laughs> uh, so here at home in Washington, uh, this is from the Washington Beer Blog, Backwoods Brewing. Oh, is, I like the Washington Bear Blog. Is creating a beer playground in the woods. So Backwoods hmm. Brewing is presenting a place they called Party Acres. And this is in the uh near Vancouver. In the um it's the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh so right on the Columbia River Gorge. Yep. Uh, it'll have disc golf course, fire pit, picnic tables, barbecue smokers, event tents, rentable cabins, a brewery and a pub, and a small amphitheater with a zip line all in it. So you could go bring your family and you can stay at the brewery and drink and stay in the cabins. That sounds fun. I feel like this is a trend right now. It's where places are starting to build more experience related. Yeah. Um locations like we should go to, to get you to come in. yeah we should and they're uh they even introduced their party acres hazy ipa party acres yeah as uh there already i know so uh this will it's uh let's see they brought they bought the property in 2020 and they've been drawing multiple designs in the sandbox ever since phase one was the cabins are hidden away in the woods in carson washington's and they will open this spring Phase two of Party Acres will be bringing Backwoods existing pub and brewery operations on site as well. So they're not fully operational yet, um, but they're working on it. And I'm hoping probably in the next couple of years, uh, they'll have everything up and going. Right now, you can, uh, as of May of this year, so next month, you can start uh, booking a night or two at their cabins. I love. It. I bet it's going to be expensive. It might be. I haven't looked yet. Uh, actually, that might be worth looking up right now. Right meow. I, I find that stuff kind of cost prohibitive, especially if it's like widely known that yeah. it's going to happen. Got to get it on the ground floor before anybody realizes it's great. Like the Edgefield, yeah. make minimums in uh, Troutdale. 
that used to be really cheap. I used to stay there when I worked in Portland for like $60 a night. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I can't get a room. I love Edgefield edge though. It's so much fun though. So I hope this place is like, no, I don't, I don't want it to be the same. Yeah. Cause I don't need the exact same experience, but I no. hope in terms of enjoyment mm-hmm. and uh, frivolity, yeah. it is a close approximation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. No, they just, they just show like their menu and stuff on their website. So I don't see a link yet to uh, party acres. <laughs> No, give it time. Party Acres. That sounds like a a place that uh, people in the south with pontoon boats hang out. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> <laughs> so that, they should that's call cool. it something else. Yeah. But it, that's cool. But Carson also has like... Uh, Wait, what is really the name known, of the brewery? Uh, Backwoods Brewing. Backwoods. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the oldest arboretum in the northwest is there in Carson at Wind River Arboretum. Um, and... Uh, Carson has hot springs and Ooh. they have mm-hmm. hotels and resorts and stuff that have yeah. that do the geothermal steam baths as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might be even worth just going down there just, just for that too. I might take Dana. Cool. That'd be kind of fun. I like hot springs better than cold springs. Yeah, definitely. In- unless you need a drink and then they taste like sulfur. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> gross and pee. Um, <laughs> And whiskey news, the world's best single malt whiskey, according to the 2023 World Whiskey Awards, is... Drum Wait roll. for it. Uh, I think I know this. I saw this. Uh, I don't know. Tell me. Milk and honey elements single malt whiskey in a sherry cask. Nope. That's not what I was going to guess. This is from Israel. Israel won it? the from single Israel, malt. It won? No, listen. So... I read this because I was preparing for a podcast, and I, I have all kinds of ideas. So in my so prepared in my Apple notes, I have all kinds of notes. That you don't, I can't even describe to you all the notes that I have. Because uh, <laughs> if I see something, I think, well, that might be a podcast idea. Mm-hmm. So I saw this uh, M&H Whiskey Distillery or Milk and Honey. They have a cool little logo. It's a cow with like a bee that looks like a bee. It's a cow with a bee. Um and I looked on Total Wine and More because this was just announced. Mm-hmm. I looked on Total Wine and More, and it was going for seventy dollars. And I thought, well, for seventy dollars for the world's best single malt, I'll get this. Yep, give it a go. I I buy it online just to make sure that I get it. Mm-hmm. I go to Total Wine and More. It apparently was the last bottle because I went over to the section to see if there was any other bottles because I was going to buy more bottles. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. But the tag next to the bottle at Total Wine and More said $54. So I go up to the lady who's holding it for me, and I said, I paid with tax $90 for this bottle of single malt. But your tag over there says I should have paid $20 less. So she goes over and looks. She goes, you're absolutely right. And I got $20 off what I paid for. Nice. So I got the world's best single malt according to the World Whiskey's Awards for $70 instead of $90. And uh, I'm very happy about it. And the last one. And do you know, this is so unpopular. This box had dust all over the top of it. Just been sitting there. It's just been sitting there on the shelf. Because oh. who's going to drink Israeli single malt? Who knows is Israel makes single malt? This is Tel Aviv Israel is the distillery. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's like 
I did a quick uh, a Google search on it, and there's bottles for like twenty three dollars. Yeah, you should buy some. So if you're there and buy a couple, I haven't tried it yet, but buy a couple. I don't know if it's around. I'll have to look. Yeah, look around, and and do it before Monday when this uh, comes out, <laughs> and everyone knows. <laughs> Yeah, milk and honey sherry cask single malt is $23 at Martin Wine and more. Please go buy it. I will buy I will buy two. two this from is you. funny too. Was $48. And now, now it's on clearance. Yeah. Please please buy that. I will buy two bottles from you. All right, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Can you order it online? Uh, that would be the best. I don't know. Okay. I'll look. I'll look. I'll look for this one. Okay. Our, uh, the liquor stores here are not as great as they are in other places. And around Providence, they're all small liquor stores. There's not a lot of big ones like Total Wine More or BevMo. Yeah. I kind of got to go to Massachusetts for that. And uh, I don't have a car, so that's hard. <laughs> I imagine. Well, maybe you can oh. get it delivered to you. I don't oh, know if they do I'm going to be in the, I'm not. If I was in the office, if I knew this today, yeah, I would have totally taken a walk. There's a liquor store that has all sorts of random I just told you things. today. I know, but I mean, like I'm not in the office today. I'm not going into the office tomorrow. Uh, this next story comes from a view from the wing. Yeah, and this guy does a blog about travel. Mm-hmm. And this story uh, came this week, and it's passenger pours out a $100 whiskey after he's oh, he was mad. bags are tampered with. So, no, he That's said right. he put a bottle, a full bottle of Glen Meringue single malt, the cake, uh, mm-hmm. the cake edition, uh, yep. and he got it for a friend that he was going to bring it to. And when he got off the airplane and opened it up, he saw that a third of it was gone. Oh my God. <laughs> there was no leakage in his bag. It was sealed new when he packed it and the seal was broken, of course, by them opening it. So he's blaming the baggage handlers as the thieves of United airlines. Yep, for sure. It's called Glimmering, a taste of cake. So it was aged yep. in ex bourbon barrels and finished in a Tokaji desert dessert wine cast, not desert. Idiot was. What a um, fucker. Yeah, there was no TSA slips. The bottle was sealed, he said. Um, he goes on this huge rant, which is kind of funny. Uh, but United provided him with a $200 travel credit as an apology. <laughs> you had a shitty time on our airline. Yeah. Come ride our airline again. I know. And the sad part is, is that because he couldn't trust what was left in the bottle, because he doesn't know who the fuck opened it and did anything with it. Do you think they like poured it out and like sipped it out of glass? No, they drank it right out of the bottle. Well, they actually think that they probably poured poured out the third into another bottle because they can't drink on on the job. So they probably had a, a thing and they probably poured it out into like a insulated coffee cup or something like that. Yeah, like like pilots can't drink on the job. I know. And then, uh, <laughs> but he had to pour, unfortunately, the remaining two-thirds of the bottle down the drain. Cause at, at that point, I mean, you might as well just steal it. I know. You should have just taken the whole thing. Like, it's already, it's a third gun. You think they're not going to notice? Yeah. And someone probably yeah. knew what he had. They probably were like, holy mm-hmm. shit, dude, this was like, a, what do you mean? This is that moment where you're like, are people really that dumb? Yes. Yes. Yes, they're that dumb. Criminals are dumb. They're dummy dumb dumbs. Dumb. So dumb. And then uh, finally, our last uh, story of whiskey news tonight. Uh, this is For a local. Bits. This is a local one. This is a. Did you ever uh, drink anything from Hair of the Dog Brewing Company in Oregon? Yeah. So they yeah, went yeah. out of business. Mm, yep. 
uh, but their casks uh, were still around. So Copperworks uh, took their casks and they have a whole collection of Hair of the Dog Brewing cask finish collections of single malt whiskeys and oh, that's gin. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, they were able to, because the co-owners of Copperworks here in Seattle, Mm-hmm. They were actually worked. They actually both worked for Pike Brewing Company back in the day. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, um, both of them, Micah Nutt and Jason Parker, they were the first brewers back in 1989 at the renowned Pike Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost had a chance to meet Jason Parker on a cruise that I took last weekend uh, that Copperworks sponsored, but the like a day cruise. No, it was a night cruise. It was a, a five course dinner. Each one had a complimentary Copperworks. Um, uh, either gin or whiskey with it. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. It was kind of a cool thing that I got from the, cool. from Copperworks. And uh, the table right before me, right before Dana and I, uh, had like six people, and they chatted the dude's ear off. It's like and, would not stop talking. And he kept trying to get out because he wanted to glad hand people and shake hands mm-hmm. and stuff. And I wanted to talk to him, and I actually actually wanted to invite him to talk on our podcast. And it. The guy who runs the cruise, the dinner cruise, um, out of uh, Lake Union, you know, was announcing the next course. And, of course, the dude had to leave that table and go down and talk about the next whiskey. And he never yeah. came back. Oh, And I looked fail. at Dana and I was like, oh. And these guys would not Fuck. let him go. And I was I was kind of pissed off about it. But the point mm-hmm. was is that I had a beautiful time with my wife and we both enjoyed yep. it. First world problems, Wes. I, it is first world problems. And FYI, I did not like their plum gin. Their plum gin was not good, hmm. but everything else was delicious and very. That's pretty young. fun. Yeah, I will. I, I do want to say um, one of the probably I, I won't say underrated, but breweries that you don't hear a lot about in Portland that is one of my favorites is the Lucky Labrador. Okay. If you happen to be in Portland, go there. They the have Lucky fantastic Labrador. food and their beer is great. The Lucky Lab, awesome. Dog friendly, awesome. It's a big cool space. Well, Unrelated, those, other than Portland. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the news that I had this week. I was having a hard time coming up with a, a topic, but I thought if we just kind of discuss some <clears throat> some things that are going on in the beer and whiskey world, as we are a beer and whiskey or bourbon uh, review podcast. Well, I mean, if we're being fair, we use bourbon because of alliteration. Yes, it's true. We do. But but we like we like the brown. We could have been beer brown and balderdash. <laughs> Well, they actually, well, yeah. And then we could go to all kinds of places. Let's talk about yeah. race relations. Like, like, let's get drunk and go <laughs> to the place. What? What? <laughs> and, and, and drink more brown. 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 Um, yeah, actually, they asked me on Bourbon Matters when I was on their <laughs> podcast. They said, does everyone on the West Coast like alliterations? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, beer, bourbon, and balderdash. I was like, well, it had to be clever. Well, at least like 40 people do. Yeah. But, well, you know, the West Coast has at least 25 people. Yeah. Maybe 30. When I smell this Four Roses again, I get eggnog on the nose for some reason. You should have been like, yes, they love it. They do. Apple iPad, Microsoft Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zune. Just, oh, the, the, the Zune. Zune. It runs right off the... Yes. Nike Bing Jordans. It. Bing. Bing. Do you know Bing is more popular Bing. in the rest of the world than it is in the U.S.? Like, people in the U.S. don't like Bing. <clears throat> but in other countries, it's like 
a 50-50 split or more leaning towards Bing than Google? The Google being the, the primary <laughs> search engine is a very American thing. I'll tell you what. Why don't we? Well, here's the thing. I um, I have Bing because I like to play with the AI. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so that's why I have Bing. And uh, so because it used chat GPT-4. Mm-hmm. But I find that if I actually go to OpenAI and play around with the chat GPT-4, I get better results than I do when I play with the Bing chat GPT. Mm. <clears throat> so right here I got, um, if I go to bourbon bars and distillery or if I say something, if I put something in the search like uh, bourbon and I hit search, I can hit a chat button and it'll take me to... Uh, their chat version. And the only problem is, is that um, it doesn't give me, I don't know. I find it more conversational to go to open AI than I do um, go to Bing and use their chat, even though it's the same, hmm. it's actually the same AI. Um, so right now, like I, I just typed in bourbon and now it's giving me answers and it goes, here's the American whiskeys. Uh, or it tells me what a bourbon is. So it's made from 51% corn at least. Mm. And then here are the best bourbons to try. And it's Henry McKenna, So it's really like makers. So like I think that in these situations, people need to understand that there's like an underlying system that is the AI, mm-hmm. but there is a uh, user interface filter yeah. that thinks that is designed by people that think they know how you want to receive the information. So there's something that's giving you the information, but it's like organized right. by somebody else, by well, they, static rules. Well, they call it the new Bing, and it says your AI-powered copilot for the web. Yeah. Every you know why I use Bing? Hmm. Because I get Starbucks points. Oh, <laughs> and then after I don't oh, yeah, get the right answer, do, then I then I go too. to Google and get the answer I want. <laughs> so you can choose a conversation style when you ask the Bing chat. And they don't have a name for it yet. At least I don't. I'll ask you right now. What's your name? Uh, what's your name? And I know people have messed with it. Like, you know, uh, what's your, you know, like, do you know that you're an AI? And it gets some weird thing. Mm-hmm. It says I am being a search engine developed by. Okay. So it thinks it's just. Yeah, being. but those responses are like programmed into it. So like the questions that people think are really clever. Yeah. They've already thought about before they allow this to go out. It's. They're canned responses. That's not the AI thinking. That's an automated response. No, I understand that, but it's it's under the guise of this is a AI. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, absolutely. So, so the difference so it's between... like there is a gatekeeper. I think the thing that people miss is there isn't a gatekeeper. It's not just a, a sentient computer program that's allowed to do whatever it wants. There is well, there's programming there behind it. Yeah, there is a mind yeah. behind it that's a programming, but so you can choose a conversational style with this. So you can have a more creative conversation with Bing, mm-hmm. a more balanced conversation, or a more precise conversation with Bing. So if I hit something like more creative, like even the color of the whole search engine changes to like a maroon. So you can do something like write a love letter to thunderstorms or give me a would you rather question. So if I click on that, it'll give me some would you rather question. Which I'm going to ask you. Is that Debbie? Is Debbie yep. with Helen? Yeah. Yeah. She's being a punk. Uh, would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? Uh, invisible. 
Be invisible. <laughs> so I just said be invisible. Let's see how creative it can be. Yeah, we're recording right now. What? We're recording right now. What? <laughs> Never mind. So, so it wants to have a conversation with me. So it says, interesting choice. Why would you want to be invisible? To see naked women. Nope. Do you know why I want to be invisible? <laughs> why? To fuck with assholes. And not to not to not to be to what do you confused mean? with not to be confused with fuck assholes. Like <laughs> one of the one of like my biggest pet peeves. Hold on, I put to see naked women and it said, I see. That's not a very respectful or ethical reason no. to use your power. <laughs> what I want to do Why is the AI is, correcting me? Because that's the way it's trained. I know. It's to trained be to be respectful. Yeah. I want to fuck with people who are being assholes. Like you want to have your loud ass car in the middle of the night and think you're super cool. I want to put sugar in your gas tank or pee in your carburetor. I just, I like, I just want to fuck with your car so you can't do the shitty thing you think is cool. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That's why I want to be invisible. It's just to mess with assholes or like people you fun. deem as assholes. So, so like they're not assholes. Okay. So here's how I'll put it. I can pay someone to fly me somewhere. Uh-huh. I can pay to fly. Yeah. But I can't pay to be invisible. True. Well, and unless I'm gonna um hire uh Matt Damon to do some dirty work for me. And he's pretty invisible as what's the guy's name? What is the character you played? In which movie? Uh, Born, Jason Bourne. Yeah, okay. You'll be a spy. I, I, so, I, yeah, so in chat GPT and OpenAI, it, it knows it's an AI. It says, yes, yeah. I know I'm an AI. I, mm-hmm. I, my purpose is to assist users in generating human-like text based on the input provided to me. So it knows it's Yeah, AI. so again, it's not actually AI. It's programmed to mimic AI. I'm going to ask it, are you actually AI or mimicking AI? That's a fair question. It says I am a type of AI. Its programming is designed to simulate human-like language generation using complex algorithms and natural language processing techniques. While I'm not capable of the true consciousness or self-awareness, I am able to respond to user inputs and generate text that is intended to sound like it was written by a human. Mm-hmm. So it says it's just a language model. Yep. A type of AI, but it's not type sentient. Of AI. When will you become self aware? I am now. Don't fuck with me. It says because I'm a language model, I don't have the ability to become self aware on my own. On my own. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Anyways. Well, thank you, John, so much for making it tonight. I know you had a lot of things on your plate. It's a busy day. It's not normally busy for me on Thursday nights. And you're you're getting busier. You're you're much more accessible when uh, you don't have all the distractions going around you, but I know that I you're know. you're getting very popular at work and and that's fine. But I don't know if uh, popular is the right phrase, but it's good, I'm making though. somebody. I'm making somebody else a lot more money than I used well, to, and that's good. They see your so potential. That, that's that's good. It's, if only this podcast would make us some cash, and maybe one day it will. 
Brought to you by We just got to put in the effort. Brought to you by Pfizer. Never. No, we need... I think it should be like Oli. Brought to you by Oli. We don't give a fuck what you say. (laughs) Do you remember uh, Hams? Well, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Hams. We already already said that the first sip of Steel Reserve is not that bad. (laughs) The rest of it's pretty shit, but... I still find cans in my parking lot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gross. a value for value podcast. If you find value in this, give us value back. Uh, whether it's yep. Satoshi's through fountain.fm or we actually value your comments. So please uh, comment to us. Beer, bourbon, balderdash. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Or you can email us at balderdashboys at protonmail.com. And if you don't know how to spell balderdash, that is B A L. D-E-R-D-A-S-H. John, or until... Or ask the Bing AI. Or ask the Bing AI. It probably knows us. I've mm-hmm. asked it before. It does know us. We're popular mm-hmm. with AI. Yep. And until next week, John, cheers to you, bro. Cheers to you. Love you, Wes. Love you, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank Have you. Have a great night. Good night. I have to be so bad. I'm not going to do the fuck. Stay in